Welcome to Small Biz Matters, a show where we are dedicated to empowering small businesses and advisors to engage with policy and advocacy. Why? Because what government does very much matters to all small biz, good and bad. Sponsored by the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman's Office, each week we sit down with experts, advocates, business leaders, policymakers and politicians to dive into specific areas of government policy that affects your clients and your business. We'll give you the heads up on what's coming down the policy pipeline. Find out who's fighting in your corner and empower you with ways you can influence those decisions which affect your business every single day. We proudly broadcast live on our local community radio station, Triple H 100.1 FM, the Community Broadcasting Network, and later wherever you get your favourite podcasts. Let's hear from this week's expert on Small Biz Matters. People, policy, purpose. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to the studios of Triple H 100.1 FM. My name is Alexi Boyd. It is great to have your company this week. We've got a jam-packed show and it's coming from the Intuit Get Connected conference, which I attended last year. Conferences are a great way to connect with your peers, learn the latest industry trends and grab some swag. And last year's Intuit Get Connected conference was no exception. But what made this accounting and bookkeeping get together different was the quality of the discussions and the focus on the future of tech. A big focus for me at the conference was open banking and what small businesses can expect in the near and distant future. How have international companies supported advocates in the fight to ensure small businesses control, retain and utilise their banking data as an all-important tool? I'm also keen to share with you those interviews with captains of industry, economists and innovative app founders to find out what they think will be the impact of AI on the fintech industry. What's going to happen with advisors and how will this ultimately affect small business owners? So Small Biz Matters went on the road to find out. We interviewed Lars Labor, who's the Vice President of Intuit here in Australia, Robin Jacobson, who's the Senior Advocate at the Tax Institute, Daniel Franklin de Sarsant, who is the Global Senior Product Marketing Manager at MailChimp, Damien Greathead, the Head of Marketing for Intuit, and Grant Augustine and Steve Kemp, where we had a fascinating discussion all about open banking. So let's have a listen to their thoughts on the digital future, advocacy, and open banking. Well, good morning, everybody. You are listening to Small Biz Matters, and we are live from the Intuit Conference here in uh, lovely Sydney. It's not a sunny day, but um, it's got some Sydney Sydney weather, a little bit of humidity, a little bit of cool, a little bit of warmth. And I'm very pleased to be welcoming Lars Leber, who is the Vice President of Australia, Rest of World and Global Expansion for Intuit. Thank you so much for joining Small Biz Matters. Thank you very much. I'm uh, really excited talking with you. Excellent. And um, we're here today because um, you are speaking directly to advisors about Intuit and about the you know the benefits of being digitised, especially for small businesses and their clients. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit today about digitisation and the importance of things like open banking. But let's first start with your experience, your background, and why you're so passionate about helping small businesses to digitise. Uh, thank you, Alexi. Um, uh, I started my career uh, in a very entrepreneurial way. Uh, I started uh, uh, businesses in Germany. Uh, I was an entrepreneur in Brazil uh, where I led and founded a couple of companies. And I know that, um, well, you need to have a great idea and you need to have the grit and courage to get it off the ground. But uh, during that journey, so many things happened and we're all dependent on great advice and uh, accounts and bookkeepers are so fundamental for that. So this is where my passion comes from. 
That's awesome. And it, you're absolutely right. You know, we say here on Small Biz Matters all the time that trusted advisors really give so much benefit than, than what they, they get paid because you can ask them so many different things. And part of that is digitization. And part of that is making sure that you've got everything in one place and accessible and that data can be shared. Let's talk a little bit about open banking. It's a big change for Australia, but Intuit is extremely experienced in this space. You're the first company in Australia to be accredited under the new system. What is this going to mean for small businesses? Well, um, globally, open banking uh, provides access to the data um, that is basically yours. As a small business, you accumulate uh, data with your banks, uh, with software providers, and so on and so forth. And uh, I think it is really important for uh, the uh, small business community that this data uh, works for you and uh, that you can utilize it. Uh, so in Europe, um, there are a lot of things that already happen on the open banking side. And the Australian government has been working on the consumer data rights uh, for many, many years. And um, uh, as we know how important that is uh, for our customers, uh, we've been actively involved in this since the beginning. Uh, we've made uh, great investments to be really on the forefront here. And we're excited that we're finally at a stage uh, where we're going to uh, launch uh, bank connections that, that are powered through uh, consumer data rights and open banking uh, here in Australia very, very soon. And what I would add to that, which is quite impressive, is that despite being a, a global company and obviously a commercial company, you've worked incredibly well with advocacy organisations like COSBOA, like the CPA Australia, to make sure that um, CDR and open banking works for small businesses. There was a few hiccups there and a few discussions that needed to happen with the Australian government, but you worked really hard with advocacy organisations to make it right, and you brought with you that experience internationally to make sure that all of the uh, mistakes and the benefits that we saw in overseas uh, could be brought through to Australia. So I just want to say thank you on behalf of the small business community for being so collaborative and, and working with advocacy of groups and recognising the benefit of that. So thanks. Yes. And you know, uh, Intuit's mission around the world is powering prosperity uh, for all of our customers around the world. And we're incredibly passionate about that. And uh, these uh, larger projects, they are dependent on so many stakeholders and we need to work as a team. We need to rally behind the key uh, people that benefit from that, the small businesses who uh, can't always fight for themselves. So uh, we're in an extremely privileged position here in Australia to having such strong partners. And uh, I had the opportunity to interact with many, many of those stakeholders. Uh, I met a lot of uh, government officials over the last years and we're really, really glad uh, where we landed now. So let's talk a little bit about um, a, a key success for you, which is uh, which is being successful in the Australian market. What makes Australia different? Is Australian small businesses really different from the rest of the world? We'd like to think that we are, um, but in your experience, what do you what do you find that's different or the same? Well, that's a really great question. I mean, the first thing is Australian small business are the backbone of the economy and uh, creating so many jobs. And uh, I love to see the passion since I moved to Australia two years ago. I love to see the passion about, you know, buying small business, buying with Aussie companies. And that's so inspiring to see. Um, the problems that small business have, they are very, very similar around the world. It's about making ends meet, uh, staying organized, um, getting paid. Um, there are so many things that are similar. Uh, however, I think uh, there's one uniqueness in the Australian market, which is um, the high cost of labor and the labor shortage. So every drudgery, every additional step of work uh, is a real, real burden for small businesses. And uh, I'm impressed by the level of every uh, small business seeks to automate things and is leaning into technology to make things easier. And uh, I think Australia is really leading in that sense across the world. 
Oh, thank you. I know that Australian small businesses have been working really hard to get automated and to get digitised, and that's been with the help of uh, their advisors, their bookkeepers and their accountants as well. My last question is about the fintech industry. What advice would you give to a fintech startup that is just getting started here in Australia? What's that key piece of advice you'd really help them and, and get them started? Yeah, I love this question. And, you know, uh, Intuit is a 40-year-old startup. And uh, we have over 100 million customers around the world. We have 17,000 employees. And we're uh, the seventh largest software builder in the world. But um, there's only one recipe that made us so successful and that maintains us success. And this is like being laser-focused on solving customer problems. We have a very, very strong culture of not falling in love with uh, the product, not falling in love with the solution, we fall in love with the customer problem. We ask ourselves, what are we trying to solve? What's the biggest pain point our customers have? And then we're rallying behind that. And my advice to any business is, what is the biggest problem you want to solve? And what are you chasing to make better? And I think uh, when your customers love your solution, they value them, uh, you will ultimately be successful. Well, Lars, I'd like to thank you very much for joining me here on Small Biz Matters People, Purpose, Policy. It's all about making sure that small businesses are engaged. And I'd like to thank you as a large business, as a large international business, being engaged with that policy space and being involved with that purpose. Um, Thanks for joining us. And remember, everybody, if you wanted to follow Small Biz Matters, you can go to our website, smallbizmatters.com.au, or you can find us on any of your favourite podcasts. Thanks once again for joining us, Lars. Thank you very much, Alexi. Well, welcome back to the Intuit Conference. We are here with Robin Jacobson, the Senior Advocate for the Tax Institute. And I'm pleased to say a strong advocate, not only for the profession, but for small businesses more broadly. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Alexi. Look, it's a pleasure to be here. We work very closely with government agencies and stakeholders. So to give you an idea of the the sorts of bodies that we work with, Treasury, the ATO, the Inspector General of Taxation, the Board of Taxation and the Treasurer, Assistant Treasurer, other ministers and and politicians. We regularly engage in what we call targeted consultations, so they're often the confidential ones, but we also participate in public consultations. And this is where we have the opportunity to represent our members who are members of the tax profession, but also to provide feedback on the design and the implementation of policies and measures. That's that's really quite a full book in terms of how you advocate for those people. How do you spread yourselves out amongst all of those meetings? Because I'm sure you sit on multiple roundtables and you've got multiple people who you speak for and speak with. It, it must be quite a busy role that you've got there. Look, the team at Tax Policy and Advocacy with the Tax Institute does work very hard, but we're dedicated to support our members and the professional broadly, but our main objective also is to improve the tax system. Now, whether that's through policy design implementation, we have to improve the system we've got. So in terms of how we spread the load, we focus predominantly on federal taxes, so income tax, CGT, FBT, GST, etc. We also get involved in state taxes like payroll tax, land tax and stamp duty, less so with local government. And the way we achieve this is by relying heavily on our technical committees, and our state taxes committees. And through the support they give us, it enables us to form views and positions on technical matters, prepare submissions and make representations to government. For example, at the moment, we're working very closely with Treasury and the ATO on payday super. So without going into great detail about the measure, we know that 1 July 2026, 
all businesses, including small businesses, are going to have to pay their super at the same time they pay their salary and wages. So proportionate penalties, which we don't currently have, an employer who pays one day late is treated the same way as a, an employer who never pays. And we do need proportionate penalties in place. We also need a system where there's an incentive to come forward and fix up historical shortfalls, as opposed to just burying your head in the sand where, of course, these issues snowball and then can become major liabilities for the employers. I think what makes the Tax Institute quite unique is that you mentioned these committees where you are getting direct information and feedback, I presume from your members, you know, the the ones who are at the coalface dealing with small businesses on a daily basis. And that is a wonderful way that you can bring them into the process. And, And that's one of the things I'm trying to encourage with Small Biz Matters. It's about trying to get small businesses and their advisors involved in the policy process, because let's face it, regulation's not going anywhere, but we can certainly work harder to make it better and have organisations like yours listen to at the co-design phase. Do you think that's the secret? Stakeholder engagement, whether it's from the government agencies we deal with or engagement through the profession and all the practitioners is paramount. Now, we deal, as I said, directly with government. And for example, the federal budget each year, we do a pre-budget submission and that enables us to gather feedback and, and views and concerns from our members and put that to the government. We also prepare what's called an incoming government brief. So when we have a new government, whether it's a change of government or a return of government, we send them a document and it's not written like a submission. It's not technical. It's written in a ministerial brief style, which means it's a summary of what we think are the key priorities for the government to focus on. We have this long list of what we like to call ABUMs. So this is the announced but unenacted measures. And we're accustomed to years and years of outstanding measures where they say they're going to do something and it takes months or years for it to actually pass through Parliament. And there are many measures still outstanding. So prioritising those. We have limited resources as a community, as a government, and therefore we need to ensure that those resources are being directed towards the matters that are of the greatest importance, but balancing also the interests of small business and large business and retirees and, of course, all the employees and families out there. So it's a huge balancing act. It absolutely sounds like that, but it sounds like you've got a really fantastic, strong process in play, particularly with having that collaborative work with your grassroots members as well and listening to them and listening to what their concerns are. How do you collaborate with other advocacy organisations in Canberra and in in the uh, different parliamentary sittings and places that you can go to? Look, we get involved in Senate hearings. So Senate estimates will often review bills that are passing through Parliament and we have opportunities to make direct representations through those hearings. We also have informal meetings with as the Inspector General of Taxation, with the ATO, with members of Treasury as measures are being designed, as they're being considered, and we have that ability to provide frank and full feedback to them about how things can be done to be most effective. It's so, so important. Mm. What about other organisations in the advocacy space? Do you ever come together and have a a united front when it it comes to policy or legislation that you're particularly concerned about? Absolutely. I won't say that every submission we do is always a joint submission. There are times when it is important for us to have our own voice and we put forward our own views. But for example, at the moment on Payday Super, we are working with five other professional associations and together we are working together, collaborating on the issues and putting forward a united voice because in this case, we feel it's the most effective way of getting our views across. 
Robin, this has been a really fascinating discussion. I want to thank you because I think it's really important that both small businesses and their advisors and, and anybody involved in, in finance and, and the tax industry should be aware that there are people like yourself, there are organisations like the Tax Institute that are fighting in the corner to make things better, to make them more streamlined, to make them less impactful, but also think about the broader economy and the impact that they can have there. Thank you so much for joining me, Alexi Boyd, here on Small Biz Matters today. You're very welcome. Thanks, Lexi. Well, as you can hear, those have been some fascinating interviews from the Intuit Get Connected conference last year, which I was thrilled to attend. Uh, should add as well, we've got a couple more interviews after the break. In particular, I've interviewed uh, Danielle DeSarzant, who is the Chief Marketing Officer for Intuit MailChimp. And what she discusses is the way that AI is being used by software, like MailChimp, used by thousands and hundreds of thousands of businesses worldwide, small businesses like yours, and how AI is being implemented to help those small businesses get even more from the program. So join us after the break for a few more interviews. This episode of Small Biz Matters is proudly sponsored by the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman's Office. As Biffio assists, advocates and provides information to Australia's 2.5 million small and family businesses when and where they need it. Aspifio delivers practical and actionable advice and research to governments on how to improve policies and legislation. Since its inception, Aspifio has responded to over 40,000 requests for assistance from Australian small and family businesses and provides access to dispute resolution services, including assistance with disputes that fall under the franchising, dairy, horticulture and oil codes. Aspifio also connects small and family business with mental health support should the need arise. As an independent advocate for small business owners, Aspifio is committed to ensuring that Australia is the best place to start, grow or transform a business now and well into the future. See how Aspifio can support you at asbfeo.gov.au. Well, hello, everybody. Again, we are live at the Intuit Conference, and I'm very pleased to be welcoming the Global Senior Product Manager at MailChimp, Danielle DeSarzant, and it's great to have you here on the program. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Now, I'm really intrigued to uh, learn about AI from a small business perspective with MailChimp. Everybody knows MailChimp. It's a great product. It helps you get more efficient with your your, um, your newsletters. It integrates beautifully with lots of other programs, which I think is one of its strengths. But I imagine that everybody's really curious about what does AI mean and how is that going to change the future of a product like MailChimp? Absolutely. We are super excited about the things that we're doing with AI. So there are several um, different categories, but I'll start with the first two. The first is being able to help small businesses generate content. The second is being able to benchmark the content. So first, I'll double click into the content generation piece with AI. So a lot of small businesses don't have time or maybe the capacity or the resources to be able to hire design help or even a marketer to be able to do their marketing communications. What we're able to do with AI is really to be able to take where you've already created a brand presence online and then pull in those logos, those images, those colors, the copy that you've already got on your website and allow that to automatically generate creative for your email and for your social media. So I think fundamentally from a content generation perspective, that's a game changer. I know me as a marketer, I'm not a designer, but if I was a small business owner, this would be something that I would want. And that's something that AI does um, with our platform. Secondly, the benchmarking piece of it with AI, because we have so 
so much data. We have over, you know, 10 million customers globally. We're able to leverage and compare across industries the performance of that email. So what's skimmable, you know, what's clickable and give you feedback on that from an AI data perspective automatically and let you know what's working and what's not so that you can iterate and change up your marketing strategy based on the information that we have with AI. So those are the two big things that we're doing. Uh, I'm actually quite excited about both of those things. I think anybody who's in small business just went, oh, oh yes, I can, I can see how that would work for me. So with that content piece, a lot of small businesses do that scattergun approach. And if they might sort of throw something onto LinkedIn, if it's businessy and they'll throw something into Insta that's a little bit more uh, picturesque how do you, is, it, is this a way that you sort of scrape information from other platforms and then help that from a design perspective, put it into one place for uh, what MailChimp produces. Yeah, you've got it. So it scrapes from your website. So at minimum, you need to have that. And so once you have that brand presence established, we are able to scrape. And then our platform already knows the specifics around what sizing image you need for Instagram versus Facebook. And the differences of that gets really complicated, right? Well, in our platform, you don't have to worry about that because we already know that data. And we're able to aggregate that and collect that together to produce that output that you need in order to be able to post immediately on Facebook, Instagram, or put it in an email. So uh, the other thing you were talking about is that uh, that data, and it's it's quite fortuitous that we are at an Intuit conference and yes. you're talking about data because yes. that, that's a driver for so many things. It's a div- driver for accountants, bookkeepers, and advisors, and certainly for that small business owner. So is it going to be relatively simple when you see that data to then, uh, I guess, have the change management strategy to take the data and then actually have the practical implementation tools to be able to change. Absolutely. It's going to put it in categories for you. So I kind of threw some of those things out there, like skimmability, like that's something that you need in your email communication. Like are are people able to easily see, you know, at a top level, the things that you're trying to communicate to them. Um, Secondly, like what's getting the most clicks and things like that. It's able to take all of that information based off of the designs and the copy that you've put out there and let you know what's working and what's not. So I think that's the dynamic piece of it all is that it's very simple. It puts it in categories for you and lets you know what the number is and how that number is performing and lets you know what's down and what's up so that you can then apply that for future marketing strategies, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And the benchmarking piece is interesting as well. We know how, say, the example is the ATO uses benchmarking to compare and contrast uh, similar businesses. But how do you know, given all the variety of small businesses out there, how do you categorize them? How do you um, group them together so that they can you can do comparative benchmarking. Yeah. So when you come onto our platform, we ask you a number of questions in our onboarding process or what we call the get to know me flow. And so that's where we're able to identify what industry a particular business is in. And then once you start sending campaigns, multi-channel ideally, then we're able to start to use that data um, for your advantage. And so that's one of the things that people come to us the most for actually is like, how are their communications performing relative to other companies that are similar to theirs or other businesses that are similar to theirs. So what is the click th- um, click through rate or the open rate? How does that compare to other people like them? And so it's really taking it to that next level when you think about the AI application of that, when you bring in the data with the design and the performance of your communication, putting that all in one place for you to apply to future campaigns. 
Well, this has been an awesome discussion. Thank you so much for your time today because I think this has really given us a practical idea of how AI is going to change the processes and procedures that we use in small business and how data is really going to be used for the power of good. Thank you so much for joining me here on Small Biz Matters, People, Purpose and Policy. Danielle? You're more than welcome. Thank you so much. Well, welcome back to Small Biz Matters People, Purpose, Policy. We're here with Damien Greathead, who is the Head of Marketing for Accounting and Advisory Group in Intuit. Thank you so much for joining us here on the showroom. It's a great uh, event. Congratulations, first of all. Uh, thank you very much for having me, Alexi, and thank you for being here at Get Connected. It's a, it's a great event. I can see lots of accountants and advisors and bookkeepers interacting with not only the apps, but Intuit itself, um, and lots to learn. What I've noticed here is that you've got a lot of uh, people presenting about how to grow their accounting practices. It's not just about hearing from the products, but actually hearing from the people on the ground themselves and how they can do a better job. Yeah, absolutely. It's about helping accountants and bookkeepers grow their own business, but also then be that trusted advisor to their small businesses. Because they've got, I love accountants and bookkeepers and their ability to tell stories from numbers. Whereas small business owners, they're, they're experts, they're expert plumbers, they're expert electricians, they're not experts in the numbers. So having that accountant and bookkeeper as their trusted advisor is really critical to, to grow their business as well. Now, speaking of numbers, Intuit has recently um, released a report that looks and examines payment times. Just broadly, we know that payment times is a, is a problem um, for small businesses in almost every industry. And we know that the Ombudsman, um, Honourable Bruce Brilson, is looking into this in terms of the payment times and trying to improve things at a regulation level. What can small businesses do, do you think, to try and get paid faster, particularly by the bigger businesses? I think there's a couple of things. First and foremost, we've got to invoice early. The number of times that I'm getting invoices from some of my own suppliers on the weekends, a week, two weeks after the service has been provided, that tells me that that's, well, that's going to delay getting paid, obviously. So the, the sooner we can invoice, being able to invoice on the go. So once we've finished a job, we should be able to send an invoice from our smartphone there and then. So first and foremost, making sure that small business owners are invoicing early, that's going to speed up the payment times. The second area, which I think is really interesting, is making it easy for customers to pay. One of the things I've noticed is when that invoice comes in with the pay now button, I click it straight away. My, my details are saved to my phone. My credit card saved to my phone. I can pay that within 30 seconds on the couch when, it, when that invoice arrives. Whereas when I see the invoice come in with the BSB number, the account number, I've got to go to my, my bank account. I've got to open that up. That starts to slow things down. And so I would say two things. Invoice early. Make it easy for your customers to pay you. And interestingly, with that payment situation, I've got it myself into a habit personally. If, if there's an invoice coming in from anyone that's more than $200, I actually call and I say, what's the last four digits of your bank account number? Because we know that there's a big problem at the moment with um, email intercepts and people admit changing PDF documents, particularly with invoices, if they don't come through trusted sources like Intuit and good accounting software. Um, are you guys on board with the e-invoicing concept? Have you been using it elsewhere in the world? Is it a successful way to improve cybersecurity for invoices? We've gotten involved with the with the ATO, with the government on the e-invoicing side of things. And so we're working with our app partners at the moment to integrate into QuickBooks Online to bring that functionality into QuickBooks Online so that people can invoice and pay those invoices with confidence. And hopefully, we, as we see our, our global by design, we will start to see more and more e-invoicing initiatives from governments around the world, which will then propel the, the e-invoicing here in Australia. 
Now, one of the things that came out of your, your key points of your findings was 67% of SMBs are taking business admin home with them, eating into their personal time. This is not a new concept. It's interesting to have that figure, like two-thirds of them are eating into their personal time. What can they do to try and improve that? Well, uh, this is exactly what I was talking about, where I'm receiving invoices from suppliers on Saturdays and Sundays. That means that they're doing their business admin on a Saturday and Sunday. So again, a couple of things. Make sure you've got the right tools which enable you to send that invoice to do that admin on the go. A lot of folks are working on the go, but I don't think they're maximizing or as efficient as as efficient as they could be as a result of the tools. So definitely connect with an accountant or bookkeeper who uses these tools day in, day out to make sure you've got the right tools for your business. That's going to help speed up the administration side of the business. And I would also look at um, maybe partnering with an accountant or bookkeeper to take some of that that burden off you, that back office admin, give that to, outsource that to an accountant or bookkeeper, uh, and they'll be able to help you make that much more efficient. As you said, they are the numbers people um, and, and small businesses are good at what they do, amazing at what they do, but they may not be the numbers person. Look, thank you so much, Damien, for joining me here on the floor of the Intuit Conference in 2023. Get connected and it's great to have uh, Small Biz Matters here as your media partner and thank you so much for having us here. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here, Alexi. <laughs> Thanks, Damien. Well, welcome back to the Intuit Conference. We are here with Small Biz Matters, People, Purpose, Policy. And I am joined today by Steve Kemp, who is the Head of Financial Institution Partnerships at Intuit, and Grant Augustin, founder of Data Services. Now, the reason I brought these guys together today is to talk about CDR and open banking. So far, those of you who are listening probably don't know what that means, but it's going to be quite impactful. It's definitely a positive. And I'm pleased to say, thanks to the efforts of advocates like Cosboa and hard work with Intuit and other financial fintech companies, we've got ourselves to a position where there's going to be huge benefits for small business. Now, Steve, I might talk to you first about what do you believe this will enable small businesses to do differently and how is it going to make their jobs and their lives more efficient? Yeah, thanks, Alexi. I think in the first instance, the the whole premise of CDR and open banking was to give consumers and small business control over their own data. So first and foremost, it'll be access to all their banking information that they require to operate their accounting software, but also importantly to understand are they getting the best products and services from their suppliers. And so over time, beyond banking, having telco, utilities, insurance and superannuation, they'll be able to ensure that all their information is being used for good under their own control and consent and actually giving them the power and ability to ensure that their business is being run efficiently, it helps them make decisions. And I think importantly for us at QuickBooks, allows us to provide much better insights to our customers getting the whole breadth of banking information and over time other sectors to give them live insights into how they can make better, smarter, faster decisions. And we've certainly seen over the last few years, uh, particularly in the last 10 or 15 years, small businesses adopting a huge digitisation curve. I was speaking to Lars earlier today who said that in Australia there's a great adoption of, of, uh, of digital elements to a business and to help them grow. Bank feeds are the absolute cornerstone of that. Without that information flowing through between um, you know, the product like Intuit and then onto secondary products, it's difficult to run your business. What will be the major change once we see open banking come in uh, from a customer's perspective? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, as we always like to say, bank feed data or data is the oxygen of our product. So at the moment, we probably don't have clear oxygen. Um, as you know, it's fractured the way we acquire data in Australia. Going to 100% bank coverage, product coverage, and every bank participating through API technology, our customers get a complete picture 
a financial health of their business. So it's that real-time, reliable, secure access to information. It's a, it's a big step forward for us, but particularly for our customers. And it just gives them more control. And, and as I said earlier, the insights into what to do with that information is going to be really powerful. So for us, that that's the most important you know step forward for us as a business, for our customers and advisors. So Grant, your product, Sys Data Services, you've been in this space for a long time. You've really refined and 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 made perfect that that streamlined data. What are the benefits in terms of cybersecurity for small businesses with this new open banking regime? Yeah, thanks, Alexia. And, and I think there's a lot of benefits for small business. Uh, firstly, is the, the security of data uh, and the visibility of where it's going. Um, one of the concerns I had in the past is when you set up a, a bank feed to any accounting package, you don't have visibility on where it's going, what it's been used for. Uh, open banking addresses that. Uh, you have complete visibility and control over uh, the data you're sharing with whom you're sharing it with and the terms in which you're going to do that in terms of length, breadth, uh, and as I said earlier, products. So I think uh, the security aspect, uh, it can't be overstated, the, the benefit to uh, to small business. Um, so I think it, it's that. Um, uh, and the consent process, being informed. Um, often it is a, uh, in the past, it's been a very simple, straightforward, I'm going to share my data. Now you know what the purpose is for, uh, who you're sharing it with, is that person accredited? Uh, and, and that gives them the confidence to share their data uh, with accredited uh, data recipients, which is a technical term, but uh, like uh, QuickBooks uh, are accredited. So uh, security, cybersecurity, um, I think small businesses are really going to appreciate that and have the confidence to use um, this new regime. And you've spoken about that agency as well, that control. So when we're looking at setting up a, a, a bank feed, which is something most small businesses would be familiar with, they have control over which bank accounts will be um, be shared and how the, that banking feed will be shared. It's a very simple process from what I've seen with the demonstrations. So small businesses won't find too much of a disruption, but what they'll find is more control and visibility over their data. Would you agree that's a good way to sum it up? Yeah, absolutely. It's a fantastic online consent process that the, uh, the government and the regulators have come up with um, and it's online, it's instant. Uh, for any of those businesses out there who may have got feeds in the past, it could be a paper-based process uh, and it, it's taken days um, and you have data gaps. That disappears now with open banking. Consent is instant, uh, it's online and you have visibility and control over it. Absolute win for small business. Speaking of wins, I think that one of the really great efforts here is to see Intuit work with other um, fintech companies, but also collaborate with important advocacy organisations like COSBOA, um, like ICB and CPA Australia to make sure that this information is a benefit to small business and there's no impediments. How important is it to a company like Intuit to see uh, you know, the, the work that advocates do and work alongside them? Yeah, look, I think it's critical. As you know, we've been involved in CDR since day one, and I think having industry's voice, the power of the voice and different perspectives has been critical to us getting attention and the actions we've seen with the government. You know, the government has lots of priorities and, and, and lots of stakeholders have vested interests. I think one of the most pleasing things over the last few years, we've worked closely with our competitors, with the industry bodies you mentioned, FinTech Australia, etc., and we've all come together eventually to actually understand we're trying to achieve the same thing, and through that we've been able to get rule changes that have allowed small business to access uh, CDR, uh, which is quite exciting. And, and importantly, own control and share their data, as Grant touched on, with the people that matter to them, be they their advisors, third-party apps, etc., to allow them to run their business successfully. So yeah, without that collaboration, we wouldn't be where we are. It's definitely an advocacy success story. And Steve and Grant, I'd like you to, I'd like to thank you to be part of that process and also um, uh, looking forward to seeing how open banking is going to benefit small business and um, also the fintech industry more broadly. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Alexi. Thanks, Alexi.
Well, we're back in the studios now at Triple H 100.1 FM. That was a fantastic show. I'd like to thank once again our partners at Intuit for inviting me along to the conference. It's a great place to learn and I encourage all of you out there, if your professional association has a conference on, do attend. There's lots of things to learn, but importantly, there's great networking opportunities as well and uh, you'll often find different perspectives and sometimes it's a great way to find out what your association is doing. So what are they doing in the space that perhaps you can provide some insights or expertise to? Is there a committee you can join? Is there something you're really passionate about? If you're an advisor out there, is there something really niggling you with your clients that you think that those case studies could really be beneficial for the professional association that you're part of? So make sure you attend those. They're really important for the success of associations who represent you and your small business. So who have we got on the show next week? We'll be hearing from Aspifio, Mr. The Honourable Bruce Bilson, who will be talking to us about the latest projects that the Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman is working on, which we're looking forward to hearing all about. And uh, we'll speak to you all next week, 9am on Triple H 100.1 FM.